and welcome back as we call to order the third monthly session of Lexington Marquee Soccer. Last session we addressed broader club cultures, ranging from management to supporters and some case studies we'd love to see emulated. This week we're addressing culture again, but this time with the team specifically, like on the field. In particular, we're discussing coaching through a few possible candidates who, as of this recording anyway, are still hypothetically available and what each of them might bring to Lexington soccer and how they might craft the on-the-field and technical culture of the club. Now, first and foremost, we do have to address that our club has already got a front office. They have the owner, they have the president, and a sporting director in our case, whose job it is to scout, recruit, and vet coaching candidates. This is important because it kind of takes us out of one of the primary ways USL and lower division soccer clubs in America have handled this question of how do we get a coach and how do we build this culture, Uh, and that's with a coach and GM combo. Take our neighbors just down the interstate, Lou City, a club we definitely want to emulate in multiple ways. When Lou City first came into being, they put James O'Connor in charge of, like, everything? Uh, that had anything to do with soccer. Newly departed Brad Estes ran all things business, communications, and marketing, but O'Connor was essentially the team's general manager, their head coach, their head scout. He found players, signed them to their contracts, and then coached and developed them on the field. That's the way it's done at a lot of USL clubs, and the way it has traditionally been done at American soccer clubs in general, and while some cases, such as O'Connor at Louisville or Peter Vermees in Kansas City, have succeeded spectacularly using this model, Others have struggled mightily with it, and the reason for that is because this is hard. It's incredibly difficult to spread yourself so thin and rare to find someone that is going to be good at each of those tasks in isolation, let alone in combination simultaneously. Oftentimes, teams that embrace this model have overstretched coaches who can't start scouting next season's players until they're done coaching this season's squad, which gives them an inherent disadvantage over some of their competitors. However, this model has been largely popular mainly because it's cheap. You can pay one guy to do three jobs and save yourself two salaries, which for cash-strapped minor league teams can be imperative. It'd be a lot better if one coach was coaching and they had a sporting director, like we have, out scouting players who would make that coach's job easier while the season's going on. Maybe they can add some mid-season improvements or get a head start on their opponents in the off-season by bringing in new players right off the bat when other coaches are just getting started scouting. And again, sometimes you strike gold and land a James O'Connor or a Bob Lilly with Pittsburgh, Troy Lassessnin with New Mexico, Mike Anheuser at Charleston, but it's exceedingly difficult and puts a ceiling on your team simply by stretching one person so thin. Interestingly, however, of those four USL championship-based examples, two are actually free agents right now in Mike Anheuser, formerly of the Charleston Battery, and Troy Lassessnin. Forgive me if that's pronounced incorrectly, formerly of New Mexico United. It would be absolutely stellar if Lexington could land one of those two guys, but the trick would be getting them to commit to going down to a lower division. Let's take New Mexico's former coach for an example. Troy Lesesne is a 38-year-old native of South Carolina and the former manager and technical director of New Mexico United in the USL Championship. His first season with New Mexico was an unmitigated success. He was brought in by the expansion side to build their entire footballing infrastructure from scratch and succeeded immediately. He made the playoffs year one, he beat two MLS sides in the US Open Cup and pushed New Mexico to the quarterfinals of that, which is really the best and most prestigious trophy in American soccer in 2019. 
In 2020, he continued his success and was the championship's coach of the year despite all the hardships facing teams that year, his team more than most, as they played the entire season on the road once the pandemic forced them out of their home stadium. In 2021, the team again made the playoffs, making it 3-for-3 three three in their existence, but in November of that year, Lecesne and the club announced that he would be departing. This could have something to do with the announcement that the team failed to get a new stadium built, or could simply mean Troy was looking for the next step in his career. The idea that that next step would be in Lexington in USL League One is incredibly unlikely given his success in the championship. More likely, LaCesne is looking for a job in MLS if he even wants to stay in America or maybe abroad somewhere. But the fact that he is still a free agent does lead one to fantasize. The fact that Sam Stockley is already our technical director is probably the final nail in the coffin here, however. If we could have offered Troy the opportunity to build our club from scratch and then maybe transition into a front office position a la James O'Connor in Louisville, then maybe there was a chance, depending on where his ambitions lie and his personal ideas of growth and development. But for now, I'll chalk this one up to, I hope Vince Gabbard is making the call, even if it doesn't go anywhere. A potentially more fruitful call could possibly be had with another standout USL Championship coach in Mike Anheuser, formerly of the Charleston Battery. Anheuser is exactly the kind of story I hope we can tell with our club someday. He spent his entire professional career playing for the Battery and then became an assistant coach and eventually rose to head coach until the end of the 2021 season when the club decided it was time to part ways. Admittedly, the Battery had a disappointing year, but Anheuser himself is clearly a stellar coach with two Coach of the Year awards in the USL and a championship as well, along with his own deep run in US Open Cup history. The bigger question for Lexington would be whether he was willing to relocate for a job in a lower division at this point in his career and after living in Charleston for more than half of his life. Similar to LaCesne, it would probably have taken an offer akin to be our coach for the first couple of years and eventually move into the front office and take over the business side to get him to consider this job when you take into account his pedigree. And again, I'd like Gabbert to make the call, but I'm doubtful we could bring him in, especially with a sporting director already in place. A coach with equally impressive, but perhaps even more readily applicable bona fides, however, would be former head coach of Lansing Ignite, Nate Miller. Miller came up from the amateur and semi-pro soccer area in Lansing and became the first and only head coach of the now-defunct USL League One side. In his one season in charge and the club's only season of existence, he led them to second in the league, but poor ownership decisions led to the club immediately folding and Miller being out of a job. Eventually, he landed in San Diego, where he is now an assistant coach for Landon Donovan's San Diego loyal side, but if he's ready for another head coaching opportunity and willing to give up living in San Diego, this would be an absolute home run of a signing for Lexington. He's only 35, he has ample experience developing the kind of young players that League One relies on, and he already knows this league specifically. This is hands down my pick for who I think the team should do everything possible to sign. But it might not happen. He has college connections to the Fort Wayne, Indiana area, so I could see the League One Fort Wayne expansion side that is supposedly coming down the pipes being something he has an eye on, maybe, instead of Lexington. But Kentucky's not that far from Fort Wayne, or Lansing for that matter, so in my ideal world, this is our coach. Getting an experienced coach who has already proven successful at our level or better like LaCesne, Anheuser, or Miller would be a tall and certainly expensive ask, so it's possible that the team will need to have other options in mind in case they can't convince one of these headline options to sign. 
and the obvious first place to look is in the college ranks. Indeed, uh, Union Omaha, League One's reigning champs, went this route when they brought on former Omaha University head coach Jay Mims to build their team, and it worked out great for them. With that in mind, the first and most obvious choice would be to see if Johan Sedergren is willing to leave the University of Kentucky to coach in the pro ranks. Admittedly, I'm not totally sold on this move. It's not that I don't think Sedergren is a great coach. His record at UK speaks for itself, and it's not that I don't think he could build a team from scratch. He built this UK program up into a perennial contender, which it has never been before. But honestly, it's more that I don't want to see soccer in Lexington cannibalizing itself. I want soccer across the board to grow in Kentucky, and robbing Peter to pay Paul like this might not be the way to do that specifically. However, at the end of the day, if he wants a chance to coach a professional team and redirect his European and domestic recruitment pipelines to Lexington's USL side, that can only be a good thing for the club. But also, if he stays at UK and then some of those players that he develops end up making the next step to a pro side with our USL team after their time with him, that's also a success. If the club were looking to take chances and make a semi-local hire, however, they could also just look across the border into West Virginia and consider Marshall's assistant coach, Josh Faga. Faga is actually a Lexington native, although he was born here and moved away, I think, when he was pretty young and grew up in New York State. He knows the relative region, having coached at Marshall for several seasons now, including their national championship winning year. His players there, if you check Twitter, seem to love him and give him a lot of credit for helping them develop. And who knows, maybe that means our Lexington club could pick up a pipeline of former Thundering Herd players coming to Lexington after they graduate. Marshall weirdly has this, like, pipeline of Brazilian players there, which could also be exciting if some of those guys came our way. As an assistant, he's more unproven than the other candidates on this list, but everyone needs to start somewhere. And that lack of head coaching experience could mean that, unlike the other four candidates who may have grown used to that Bill Parcellsian, if I'm going to cook the meal, I want to buy the groceries mentality. So on the other hand, he could possibly benefit from having a sporting director overhead to help take some of those things off his plate and allow him to focus on player development, tactics, and simply coaching. Ultimately, I have no idea who the team will go with, but it will be crucial that they be able to work with the sporting director we already have in place, that they can hopefully tap into our local soccer network and community for recruitment, or have their own pipeline that they can redirect our way, and that they have a lot of ability working with and developing young, mostly American players in order to fit in with the League One model. Like I said before, my personal perfect blend of hopium and practicality land with Nate Miller, who has already succeeded in this league, but being there to watch someone like Faga develop as we take Lexington's soccer culture to the next level would be an awesome experience, and seeing someone like Setagren step up to the next level in our community would be equally rewarding. Whoever the team ends up with, I just hope that they can embed themselves in the community and take the mission of developing soccer culture in Lexington to the next level. But for now, it's time to adjourn this session of Lexington Marquee Soccer. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you again next time. Bye.